on a cold October night, Sunday night, the Packers come rolling into Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. A game where less could be more. Did that go over your heads? It probably did. With that being said, this is Sports Talk KC. I am DB1492. What's up, KC? This is Lee86. Hey, what's going on? This is Cowboy. Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. We're going to go ahead and kick it off with the Patrick Mahomes injury. There's been a lot of speculation on if Pat will uh, play versus the Green Bay Packers. He is now ruled out with a dislocated knee and trying to recover from that, also with the ankle as well. Uh, Lee, what do you got on the Patrick Mahomes injury? Yeah. Um, Ultimately, man, like I said, um, good choice. Um, You know, there, like I said, like you had touched bases on, there was a lot of speculation and whirlwind of thoughts and stuff coming out of one Arrowhead drive this week during the 10-game stretch leading up to the Packers, whether Pat was going to go or not. With him practicing and everything, going through the rehab, you know, just full schedule ahead of that. Um, But, yeah, um, like I said, man, just in case y'all missed it, yeah, that was a good – decision for them to go ahead and keep him rested like I said he's dealing with the knee and then the the ankle as well so you know good job by Andy Reid and the medical staff of the Kansas City Chiefs to ultimately sit pat this Sunday night against the Green Bay Packers that's my take on that beats I totally agree with you this is the franchise I'm glad that he is sitting out they had me worried there when they start showing the video this week on the news and on social media of him warming up in practice and running and jogging and things of that nature, had me a little worried that this that this guy is uh, that this guy was going to uh, try to go this week. And so I'm glad that Andy Reid and the medical staff uh, told him to sit this one, sit this one out. So I guess we can see what uh, unfolds in the future, depending on this game and what what we have coming up, but and how the injury progresses, both his um, right knee and his uh, left ankle. But, yeah, that's my thought. So I'm just glad that they uh, ruled him out and going to have him rest. And I agree with you guys as well. It's a good call. There's no need to rush the uh, franchise quarterback back too early. Let him rest. Let him rest that ankle and uh, rehab on that knee. But a lot of talk we've been talking about with Patrick Mahomes uh, – Myself and the guys been talking all week on if this is something that Pat may have been dealing with prior to becoming a chief, something he may have dealt with in college. Uh, like I brought to D Beats and Lee, uh, I remember watching the draft footage of Patrick Mahomes, and he also had a knee brace on his left knee prior to becoming a chief. I really couldn't find any details or any injuries uh, report on Pat uh, with his college uh, career. But if you notice the way knee, uh, Patrick Mahomes' knees are, his legs, they're very knocked and very, very knock-kneed and inward. Uh, he has a very awkward stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys believe or think that this is something that he may have possibly been dealing with before coming to NFL Pro, Lee? Um, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Um, 
very much so. Yes, that could have been the um, the ultimate equation. You know, any any you know um, athlete. You know, I put it like this: any professional. NFL athlete um, are going to deal with, you know, knee problems and things of that nature. Um, it's just one of those things that come with the territory. So, yeah, I did see, like you was touching on, Big Dog, um, you know, how he was wearing that knee brace, um, you know, through his time at quarterback at the uh, University of Texas Tech. So, yeah, I think it was something, you know, that he probably had a you know, a couple of little hurdles to deal with, but nothing too major, you know, because he, he ultimately did. Like you said, if you go back and look at the tape, he is wearing a knee brace. So, you know, but nothing too major in my opinion, my take on that. What do you think, D-Beats? Um, I'm not sure if he had any, like, concerns with it in college. The only thing um, I looked up, um, the only thing I could find as far as his injuries in college was his, uh, I believe it's his left hand, something with his left hand, and then I believe his right shoulder, mm-hmm. but nothing to the legs. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was a good observation by you to notice that because I actually forgot about that. And you are right. when If you look at that Texas Tech tape, especially from, you know, the uh, if you're looking at his back, from like the end zone um, view, you can see that uh, his knees are inward. Like he is knocked knee, and I believe that that he takes advantage of that as well. I believe that's the reason why he can contort his body in different ways, as far as when he's on the run and you know throwing the ball and stuff, things like that. So I think mm-hmm. he takes it to his advantage as well. But uh, in the future, though, just to add. In the future, I would like to see him wear the neck – I mean, not the neck brace, the knee brace um, again because since he's been with the Chiefs, he he has not worn the knee brace on either of his uh, legs or knees. So I would like to see him uh, bring that back just to give that extra support to those knees. And I'll swing it back to you, Kyle. Yeah, I just – like I said, I, it was just kind of a jewel that was dropped on me from a – a uh, guy that I uh, know, and uh, I just figure I'll bring it to you guys' attention about the knock knee, because I actually forgot that Patrick was knock knee as well, but you really can't see it in a Chiefs uniform like you can see it in that uh, his college uniform. So I just figure I'll drop that uh, little jewel on the fans and give you guys something to think about, the fellas and myself. But also uh, Chiefs-related, and I want to I kind of stay on the injuries, we got a Frank Clark injury as well, and he's ruled out for the game. I really don't know when this occurred. Do you guys know? Because I don't remember him being hurt during the game. Lee? Um, no, not necessarily during the game, but he did um, say something, um, you know, that he was dealing with this Nick injury, I think, going into the uh, – into the – Colts game I believe so um but yeah it was just shocking like you said um for him to pop up and be ruled out for this game with this knee I mean with this neck um contusion something that's going on so but yeah that that was you know all I pretty much have on Frank Clark you know hate to see that happen you know because you know he had pretty much a stand-up game you know against the Dolphin, I mean, against the Broncos, you kind of wanted to see him um, 
you know, progress on that performance. So kind of a blow for the defense as far as Frank Clark goes. What about you, Beats? Yeah, my first um, time hearing about this was on Wednesday when the injury report came out and said that he was he did not practice on Wednesday. And then um, throughout the week, he did not practice. And then as far as today, being ruled out. So I'm kind of shocked by it. I thought it would be something that would be like a little bit nagging that he could probably push through. But I guess it's affecting, affecting him enough that he has to be out of the game. So I, I'd rather have the uh, – Rather have him healthy and back. Rather have all these guys actually healthy and back, um, you know, towards the end of the season to, to where we can make a push towards the uh, the Lombardi Trophy. So that's my thoughts on Frank Clark. Mm-hmm. And also we got some releases. Uh, DeAnthony Thomas was released by the Chiefs. I'm really not surprised by that, being that he wasn't that productive. Uh, and I'll used. I mean, yeah, well, he wasn't being used that often in the uh, receiving. He was mostly being a kick returner and all that. But, Lee, what, what do you feel about the DeAnthony Thomas, De'Anthony Thomas release? Yeah, um, DeAnthony Thomas, that was, um, you know, kind of shocking. But, like you said, not really. Um, to be honest with you, he's a guy that, you know, got a lot of kudos from um, Dave Toe, uh, our special teams coach. Um <laughs> Uh, Tobe has um, time and time again said he felt that DeAnthony Thomas was the toughest man on the t- on the team as a whole, and you know he was pretty much needed for like special teams type deals. You know, as far as punt returning, um, I knew it was gonna. You know, you could kind of see the writing on the wall with him because you know Miko Hartman, you know, had a real good punt return in the game against the Broncos last week and some other games, you know, where he's had some nice punt returns. So as far as production as a punt returner, because <laughs> like you said, he really wasn't getting no production in the passing game as a whole. So, and then Miko Hartman kind of jumping over him, you know, with the punt returns and things of that nature, you know, it was kind of, you know, kind of shocking, but you know, um, it, 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 you know, one man out, next man up, hopefully they try to, you know, bring another speedster and implement him in, in Darwin Thompson, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he can get some game and get out there and stuff like that. Cause I know they had to make a spot for uh, the quarterback Shermer that was also elevated up to the 53 man roster. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. That was a, was a good, you know, good player for the years he was here and stuff like that, you know, job well done, but, you know, hopefully he may he may find his way back on the team. You never know. So, but yeah, that's my take on that. And, and I'm sorry, man, but you brought up a name that's been like, I don't know where this guy's been all season. Darwin Thompson. Yeah, I just I don't understand why he's not being utilized more. Well, yeah, uh, it, that's what I was saying. Uh, when me and you know, when I seen that DeAnthony Thomas was released, you know, I kind of immediately thought, you know, well, that's probably a blessing in disguise, you know, because like I alluded, alluded to with Hartman getting more production in the punt return game and him not really being implemented in, you know, with the offense at all. So, you know, like I said, Darwin Thompson, man, he he's a guy, you know, I, I would really like for the Chiefs to 
kind of implement him in, especially this week with a little bit more simplified offense with Matt Moore going to be at the helm. But, yeah, man, like you said, you you want to use Darren Thompson's speed some way, somehow, hopefully with DeAnthony Thomas getting released. We might see that some way, somehow. And, uh, Beast, what do you feel on the, uh, the DeAnthony Thomas uh, release? Um. I was actually kind of shocked being like what Lee said, that was Dave, Dave Tobe's guy. And usually he gets his set of guys and he doesn't let them go. So I was shocked mm-hmm. when I saw that. Um, but um, you did kind of answer my question for me before I even asked it, because you did throw out some names. Cause I was wondering, well, if he's not going to take the kickoffs in the uh, pump returns with well, who is. So you gave me some names as far as Miko Harmon. And I really do like, that you brought up Darwin Thompson in that role. I can see him actually doing that. It's just the uh just the um if the coaching staff will um will let him or trust in him to do those certain things. Mm-hmm. Um I did like you said last week, I did like Miko Hartman's um return last week. He's he he seems like he's getting more comfortable back there doing that. Cause in yeah. earlier in the season, it, it kind of questioned me to where if he could really do it because he was up there fumbling and, and you know, juggling the ball here and there and stuff like that. So I guess they're going to roll with him primarily. And then you'll probably have uh, Byron Pringle back there as well. So, um, like I said, man, I was surprised, but he wasn't – he didn't come on the team until late in uh, training camp anyway. And so, I don't – I mean, you never know with – with the way the roster shakes out for the rest of the season, they can move it. You never know. Like Lee said, he could be back. So. Yeah. And he was also suspended. If you guys was remember for Mm -hmm. the first game of the season for the uh, marijuana citation that he had had earlier last year. So, but yeah, that was another thing. And um, also, uh, we got some other injuries, uh, key players that will not be playing. Uh, I believe that uh, Chris Jones is still out. Fish won't be playing. Sammy should be playing, right, guys? Right. Sam, Sam, Sammy's available to go. So that's an extra added bonus to the Chiefs offense. But we got, like I said, we got that key missing player on that offensive line. Uh, with Eric Fisher still out, yeah, and then and then an, another name, of course, like you said, um, Frank Clark and um, Andrew Wiley is out as well. Um, Kendall, Kendall Ford, Kendall Ford mm-hmm. will be out this game, so you know, like I said, on that list, there is some big name starters, <laughs> so you know, hopefully, we can just you know, man the fort and. And just see. All right, guys. And now moving it along to the Monday night game, we have uh, the Miami Dolphins versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, These are two teams that's not performing to their potential. Uh, Miami is uh, winless, I believe. And Steelers is trying to uh, keep it rolling with Big Ben down for the the rest of the season. Uh, What do you think about the Monday night sleeper (laughs) coming up? 
Well, this time I'm going to um, stick with my gut because <laughs> the last Monday nighter I had the uh, <laughs> the Jets over the uh, Patriots, so we know how that went. But short and sweet on this one, man, um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. They are at home. Um, like you said, both teams are kind of not exceeding expectation, but Pittsburgh is, you know, Pittsburgh has, you know, been winning some games. They beat um, – the Chargers about a week ago, but we know the Chargers are the Chargers, so that's not really a measured stick. But I like their running game, and I like the I like some names that they have on defense. Mike Tomlin, you know, just seems to, you know, get those guys ready. They're under the lights at home, so sharp and sweet. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh in this one in a whopper, probably twenty-seven to ten, twenty-seven to seven, Pittsburgh. What you got on that game, Beats? 31 to 7, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I got the Steelers taking it as well. I'm not good with the point spread like you guys, but uh, I definitely got the Steelers taking that one. Miami, uh, everybody, every player that's on Miami wants out of Miami, and uh, I don't see Miami being great <laughs> for the foreseeable future. They've been having a lot of – a lot of stuff going on within that organization for years. So I don't see Miami taking this one, but it's the NFL and anything is possible. Uh, we got another big game coming up. A lot of uh, trash talk coming up with this Sunday night, with this Sunday uh, game uh, with the Browns in new England. Uh, a Browns player is guaranteeing a victory against the uh, new England Patriots that are uh, currently undefeated. Lee, what do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, um, I really hate that um, Jarvis Landry that you're talking about guaranteeing that victory, you know, as if the Patriots needed any extra <laughs> added motivation coming into this game. Um, I just felt like, you know, he could have, you know, probably should have kept his head down and just, you know, stick to the plan to try to get a win against the Patriots. But like I said, man, I really think this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I, it's in New England. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to get out of the Browns, but, you know, this is the only game I think, like you said, with the, with the shenanigans and everything going on involving this game, stuff like that, you know, um, it's going to be interesting. But ultimately, I just, you know, I look forward to be a close ball game. I would like to see the Browns, you know, somehow get a victory over the Patriots, but we know that's going to be tough for the Patriots at home. So, in this game, I really, I mean, I'm not really focused on a point spread. Like I said, it could be a, it could be a twenty-eight, it could be a twenty-eight, twenty-one ball game, something like that. You know, I do think that the Browns will play them tough, and I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, come to fight. I'm not really big on Baker Mayfield going up against the Patriots and their pass defense. Those guys have been lights out and balling, so we shall see. In the Sunday, that's just my take on the Browns and the Patriots. What's your take, Beats? Um, it's in Foxborough. Um, you know, Bill Belichick going against Freddie Kitchens, um, first-year coach. You have Baker playing the Patriots going up in Foxborough for the first time. 
you know, quarterbacks under uh, 20, 24 or something like that, or like, or I think one and something else. The only quarterback that, 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 with, I mean, the only quarterback that was under 24 that won in Foxborough was Colin Kaepernick. And so I guess I'm going to say that Baker Mayfield, just like Sam Darnold, are going to be seeing ghosts, okay, with that uh, cover zero uh, defense, okay? So it's going to be a mollywop of a game, and the Patriots are going to whoop that ass, and it's going to be uh, 35 to 10 Patriots. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Cleveland Browns will be molly beat to a bloody pulp, robbed without a pistol. Uh, come Sunday afternoon against the uh, New England Patriots. I hate to say it because I hate the Patriots. I do, re- I do respect their owner, uh, Robert Kraft, because he is a uh, innovator, a motivator when it comes to the old fashioned. If any of you guys know what I'm talking about, but uh. As for that, I see it being a massacre as well. Uh, I don't really see the Browns pulling it out. And the dude, he didn't – Jarvis Landry didn't do nothing to add fuel to the fire. But while we're talking about the Patriots, uh, it was a statement brought up by Tom Brady uh, during a radio interview saying that he's not <clears throat> sure where he may be next year, uh, being that it's a contract year for Tom which I find quite funny because every time it's a contract year for Tom, he always wants to throw out there that he may leave the uh, New England Patriots, which I highly doubt it. But what do you guys feel on the statement by uh, Tom not knowing where his future may lie after this season? Lee? Um, I mean, the guy be 43 years old playing next year. Uh, as a quarterback in the National Football League, he said himself he never pictured himself um, playing this long. So I really don't have a take on it. It is what it is. If he does, he does. You know, um, he he's had a star-studded career thus far. So, um, you know, a career that you really cannot sneeze at, a career that has been nothing but – greatness so if if that man is ready to hang him up after this year I highly doubt if he goes and plays somewhere I heard heard a take or two saying well he may go and play for the Denver Broncos absolutely not I would be highly shocked if he does not quarterback the New England Patriots he would be co- uh, quarterbacking any other of the 31 NFL teams I just thought that was really silly to hear but if he's ready to hang him up He's ready to hang them up. So, you know, like I said, I really don't have too much on it. If it happens, it happens. We shall see. I'm not going to waste my time thinking about what Tom Brady's going to eventually do. Beats? Um, I did hear about this. I didn't know it was in a radio interview that he said it, though, but I did hear on a uh, – I think it was on the Monday Night Countdown show. They were up there talking about this. And I actually do think that he will play if he if he if the Patriots do not bring him back, I think he will play for another team because he wants to play until he's 45. So I I think if the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick tries tries to get rid of you a year before, it's too late. And so 
uh, you know, Bill Belichick might be ready to move on. He, I mean, a couple of years ago, he was ready to move on. He wanted Jimmy uh, Garoppolo, but Robert Kraft said he vetoed that and shipped his ass to uh, San, San Fran. So um, I do believe if the Patriots do not bring him back, that he will try to play for another team. And if that doesn't do well, then he might retire. But hey, Beach, I just want to, I just want to ask you. What other team, if not the Denver Broncos, what other team do you think Tom Brady will possibly want and go want to quarterback? I just want to know. Uh, where would he like to go? Yeah, where, where if not if if he's not going to quarterback the system with the Patriots, where what team do you think Tom Brady would say? Okay, yeah, I come play quarterback for you. I mean, I don't see it. Um, you do make a good point. Um, I don't. I, I mean, you do make a good point. The only place I do see is Denver, to be honest with you. Um, why do, and why do y'all keep saying Denver out of all places? Because I'm trying to think of other teams that need quarterbacks, and it's pretty a bad situation. Though. I mean, Denver. Yeah, you're right. They're basically sure. they are essentially in the position that they were in before Peyton Manning then came over, you know, from the invitation from John Elway. And so I just if you <laughs> Denver would be one of the teams absolutely in the mix if Tom Brady wanted to go, you know, John Elway would be all over that because he was with Peyton Manning. That's why I say Denver. Only place I if, the only other place. Sorry, I didn't. I just thought of one. That just came to my mind. I know I'm kind of cutting you guys off. My bad. Only other place I can see it um, next year because is Carolina maybe because their their roster is pretty set right now. And I, I would say that I, I think you can do something there. Um, and that's about that's about it. I think. Yeah, because if Tom Brady goes to the Denver Broncos, he won't see 45 years old. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> he ain't going to make it, buddy. It ain't even the best chance to be in a Denver Bronco uniform at all, buddy. But Carolina, I couldn't see that because if if uh, I can't think of the uh, young standout that's taken over for Cam during his injury, but uh, he's been holding it down for Carolina. And if he wins possibly this week, he may even steal Cam's job. They've been they were saying so. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. So because if, uh, uh, if if he did go to the NFC, that's interesting because you would then have to ask yourself, wow, he could be a top tier quarterback in the NFC just like he was in the AFC. We know who's the cream of the crop in the AFC. We know that. We get that. It's Pat. Okay, so in the NFC, you would probably be saying the likings of. Uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. I mean, who else in the NFC? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo. So that that that'd be interesting. He'll be one of the top tier quarterbacks in the NFC. Don't forget Russ, Russell Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Russell Wilson, he can't be Russ. Yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't see him. If he did go somewhere, I would not see him going to the NFC. I think he would want to stay in the AFC. 
And even so, like I said, I, 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 as much as I'm not a Tom Brady fan, I would hate for him to go to Denver and get annihilated. I mean, I, I mean, I don't see them rebuilding that team that quick to be productive and let alone to attract the attention of Tom Brady. I don't. Right. And Denver and Denver got their sights set on uh, Drew Locke. So, you know, that would be kind of, I mean, if the Tom Brady's available, of course you're going to be like Brady over, over Locke all day long. But yeah, they, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving it along, we got uh, NBA kicked off this year. Uh, I'm pretty excited. It's my second favorite sport. You know, uh, LeBron and them uh, got creamed by the uh, L.A. Clippers. Like I said, I was telling Lee, talking to him about it. Uh, LeBron and his Lakers seemed like they didn't have any passion or it just seemed like uh, the Clippers was more motivated and uh, the team had more, a little bit more uh, camaraderie together. Like they, they gelled more together than the uh, the Lakers. But I am ready to. I am ready for this up and coming season. We got players already starting to show out. Uh, with Kyrie dropping fifty, uh, you got a uh, uh, the cool guy, the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard doing this thing over in uh, L.A. as well. Uh, I'm just very excited for the up and coming season. But we did have a little bit of a tiff between. James Harden and uh, that ugly ass dude. Uh, damn, I can't even think of his name. Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Yeah, I, I call his ass Goomba. You ever seen the Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> like one of them fucking Goombas from off of Super Mario Brothers. But anyway, they were arguing. Well, like I said, I don't understand why they would make that trade for him because it's not enough basketball for both of them. But like I said, I'm excited. We're not going to talk too much about the NBA, but uh, I just wanted to get some of you guys' view on the league and uh, this upcoming season. So, what you think, Lee? Yeah, man. Like you, like you touched on, Cal. Um, I'm, you know, it's been some good, good NBA ball being played. Um, of course, it's a whole new era of ball. <laughs> you know, back to what we're used to. How, how me and you was talking, man, back in the day when Jordan. Shaq and them was out there, but you know, it's a good brand so far, man. You touch bases on, you know, Kawhi Leonard and the LA Clippers looking good so far, taking out the the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Um yeah, oh man, they really just they really just looked good against the Warriors the other night. Um, you know, really took them out. But I'm, I'm excited, man. Like you said, Kyrie uh, drop dropping fifty in the debut with the uh with the with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, in tribute to his grandfather. You know, so it's been some pretty good good basketball being played, man. Uh, like I said, it's still early, but you know, if you're looking for some headlines from me as far as the NBA season, um. Clippers, man, they are they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, they're doing this without PG-13. You know, uh, yeah, the Lakers, you know, I'm hearing chatter, you know, the Lakers and AD uh, with uh, LeBron and AD, how they look. You know, it's going to take some time, man. You know, when when the big three was formed in Miami, it took, it took a couple games. You know, that was their first game together. So, 
like I said before, when we was talking about the NBA talk, um, there's some teams in the East as well, but I just feel like the cream of the crop is in the West, just to be honest with you. Um, I don't think Golden State is going to do too much, you know. But I just I just take basketball, you know, one game at a time. It's a long season, so. But there's been some exciting, interesting stuff going on so far. You know, I'm excited for the NBA season. All these new faces in new places. So, yeah, man, I'm ready. But uh, you did say rest uh, with uh, Westbrook and Harden with their tack, you know. Uh, we're talking about that, man. You know, they did it because they played together in, uh, you know, OKC. You know, so they feel like it's some familiarity. You know, you're going to get that. You know, um, there was a lot of times, you know, where Jordan and, you know, people butt heads, you know, counterparts and stuff like that. So you're going to get that. But, you know, I, I think they'll be all right. I, I think the Rockets will be all right. It's early. They're still trying to find their way. So just excited for the NBA season. That's just my take on that. What about you, Beats? I have to actually sit down and actually watch a game. But, yeah, I'm just going to make that kind of off of Lee. I did uh, see some couple highlights as far as, um, you know, the Clippers uh, whooping the uh, Golden State Warriors a couple days ago, like you said. I was, I mean, they look, like you said, they look pretty legit so far. Like you said, it is a long season. Uh with the Lakers, you know, that's going to take time. I can see them getting that together, you know, after the All-Star break and start going on a run. Um, as far as the East goes, I'm just uh, looking forward to see what, um, you know, with Philly and Boston. Um, and what did Toronto do on that opening night? Did they win? Yeah, they won. Okay. And then you got Milwaukee in there, too. Right. Milwaukee. Right. But the East is wide open, bro. It's anybody's game. It's anybody's. Uh... That's what I would. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Um, that's why I was saying there's some good teams in the East, but it's a toss up. You know, your cream of the crop is in the West. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you got Portland. You got, uh, I, I think, is uh, San Antonio still, still up there? Yeah, San Antonio is West. You got, you, got, you got Utah, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you got Utah, I mean. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. You got Utah. Denver. Um, yep. Um, the Rockets. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's loaded. Yeah, like you said, but. Yeah, the West is loaded. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I like uh, basketball around this time, but I don't really get really into it until after that All-Star break. Yeah, that's when it gets a little bit more exciting after that all-star break because everybody's contending. Well, they're contending for a playoff spot all year, but it gets real serious around all-star break and everybody's fighting to put a placement in uh, the top eight to uh, go into the uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the East is wide open. Uh, the the uh, Boston Celtics did lose their first uh, home, uh, their first season opener against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia looks good. Uh like I said, I'm excited. You know, uh, it's anybody's game out the East. Um, in the West, time will tell who will come out the West. But I just wanted to kick it off a little bit, you know, of NBA talk. But like Lee said, it is a long season. 
and we will be touching bases. Go ahead. I was just gonna throw this in there, like I was telling you the other day, the other night we were talking, big dog. A name to look out for and to really determine the balance of the power in the West is going to be Andre Iggy Iguodala. Wherever he decide, I, I hear he's just, he's trying to decide either between the Lakers or the Clippers. Where he at, where he decides to go, I think is going to be a real big measuring stick. Who's going to be the NBA champions for this upcoming season? I just want to just wanted to throw that in there. I just just keep an eye on where Iggy ends up because if he ends up with the Lakers. Oh man, you know, and then they start gelling. You're looking at a possible big three again. And then if he goes to the Clippers and they're already showing, man. So just just wanted just wanted to throw that name out there. Yeah, that is a big name. I remember you uh mentioning that. You know, yeah, wherever he goes, he is a key player coming off the bench. Uh but I think the Lakers, he could be more uh usable with the Lakers versus the Clippers because the Clippers team is stacked and they're gelling already, man. Like I said, uh, L.A. is missing a piece. And I think that'll be the piece that they need because their bench is very thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they so y'all like to back. They'll be getting cool. When, when will uh, Kuzma be coming back for them? I believe in a few weeks. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly the timeline. And then what about Bo- uh, Buggy? Boogie Cousins is he out for the year? Or is it? Or he, I, I think Boogie is out for the year. I think. Okay, okay. So he's kind of like in the same boat as Clay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they signed him. Like Boogie, I, I, I hate this, that, that this is going on with Boogie. But I think Boogie done for the year. I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, I think he's done for the for the year. I believe, but I'll have to double check on that. I believe Boogie ain't coming back. Right. That's why they picked up uh, Dwight Howard. Gotcha. And not to mention the Dwight Howard stupid ass. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm happy that I brought his ass up. Why did he have on that young ass uniform playing the other night? Like, dude, everybody already think you a weird ass dude. Right. And you got on this little ass uniform. Any minute I could bust out this motherfucker. Tighten up, man. Tighten up. Seriously. Ooh. And then you out there, and then he out there in that old young ass uniform, like you said, and then ain't playing work or nothing. Like, dude, quit. Keep your head in the game. Use your finger and beast. Quit all that. You see Dwight Howard complaining to the to the refs and shit like that. Dude, be a beast and and be what be what you can be. He and that's what I'm saying, man. He. Him, well, the league is different. It ain't running through the centers like it used to be when Shaq played. But these dudes need you to demand the ball in the post, be more aggressive, study some Shaq, some Shaquille O'Neal tapes, please. And, and, and I hate that when – I know I'm going off subject, but I hate when Shaq and Dwight Howard did finally meet up. Shaq was old, and Dwight Howard tried to body on Shaq. Like, I hated that shit. Like, I wished – he would have went against a 2001 Shaq. Right. So Shaq could have bodied his ass. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I just can't – I'm not a Dwight Howard fan because he plays soft as hell. You're not the Superman. The real Superman is Shaq D's. Sit down and study some tapes, man. 
get your uniform, let your uniform breathe and rest, get a bigger uniform, and just man up, bro. Like, but anyway, go. I'm done with the white. Anything else you guys got on the NBA? Nah, just been a hell of a season so far, uh, thus far, you know, just just excited for the long season, man. Yeah, I'm ready for the season. You know, it's this is a good time of the year. You know, you got the World Series going on. You got football and you got basketball kicking off. Uh, but with that being said, let's get to the stupid bitch of the week with Mr. Callen, uh, Colin, with Colin Coward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making the uh, statement that the Chiefs won't do anything, pretty much. The Chiefs are a glorified team, more just to say less. What do you guys think about the stupid – well, one of the stupid bitches of the week, Colin, with his talk against our Kansas City Chiefs. Lee. Yeah, man. You know, uh, not just the Chiefs, you know, every AFC, you know, he pretty much – he said the whole conference as a whole is done. You know, he specifically said, you know, the Chiefs and things of that nature, but – we know where he was going. We get that. We 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 know that you think that the Patriots are the cream of the crop. So, like I said, we get that. But for him, it was shocking because for him to say that, you know, he's one of the guys I I I you know have heard him a time or two, and he's one of the guys that will kind of, you know, give the Chiefs their props and, you know, thinks Mahomes is, you know, eventually going to take that throne from Brady. And, you know, he said it time and time again. And that's why for him to say that, you know, it's not just the Chiefs. It's, you know, you got a good team in the Buffalo Bills who really should have beat the Patriots. So let's just get that fact out of there right now. The Patriots, if they're if the Bills starting quarterback is not getting knocked out in that ball game, the Bills hand the Patriots their first loss. So let's not get lost with you know, let's not get too too far ahead on the Patriots. You got, like I said, Buffalo, Baltimore, with them picking up um, Marcus Peters and having a good defense. You know, you got the Chiefs. You got the Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts. And for him, you know, for him to say, you know, it's so much parity in the AFC within itself. And for you to, you know, make that strong of a statement within the seventh, eighth game of the year. It's like, dude, shut the hell up. Like, you don't have nothing to talk about. Like, dude, it's plenty of good teams in the AFC. We know that. We didn't already lost two games to two teams in the AFC. So, anybody, it's, nah, nah. But the cream of the crop is the Chiefs and the Patriots. I still believe that cold-heartedly, but he was just stupid as hell for, oh, the AFC is done and over with. Like, man, come on, dude. Ain't nobody making that making that strong of a statement in the eighth, you know, the seventh, seventh week of the season. Like, you know, it was just shocking. Like I said, man, he's been on the bandwagon of the Chiefs. Like, you feeling like the Chiefs could, you know, dethrone the Patriots. So, for him to make that statement, it was like, really? Like, dude, you could have said something else. But that's my take on his silly ass. Yeah, he's definitely a stupid bitch looking for attention. Uh, what do you got on the stupid bitch? You just said what I was about to say. Uh, he got 
He got us right where he want us. We talking about it. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, I used to watch his show and I used to listen to his podcast. So, which is a rip, which is the audio that's ripped from the show. Mm-hmm. And all he does is just make hot takes. So people just, so people can just talk about it. He actually really, to, in my opinion, he really doesn't know what he's talking about. Cause I remember like a couple of years ago when we had, no, it was actually last year when I think he was up there commenting on the chief's defense and he was up there naming players like Tom Bahatli and shit like that. Yeah. And Eric Berry. And I was like, nigga, these niggas ain't even on the team no more. Like, right. shut the fuck up. So uh, I just think he said that as a hot take. Uh, as far as his um, overall art of the AFC, I'm going to say I do kind of agree with him as far as, like, because, I mean, I know, like, we care about our Kansas City Chiefs, but I listen to, like, podcasts outside of, like, like that are not heavily influenced on Kansas City or whatnot. And a lot of people don't really like this is like flyover city. I, I'm just gonna put say it what what it is. Like it's this is flyover city. And we're to the rest of the United States, this is like a we're a second thought. And so, you know, they don't really think much of us. I mean, you know what I mean? So as far as that goes. I can kind of see where he's saying when he's speaking to a larger audience. Um, it's just like, what are you going to like? History serves right. Like the Patriots are going to be there at the towards the AFC championship. It's just who's, who they're going to play and if they can beat them. And so most people go with history and say, well, I'm going to go with the Patriots until somebody shows me that they're going to be, they're going to beat them. It's not, Oh, they got this much close to it. They're only this uh, offsides penalty away, or if Blake Bortles would have made a first down or whatever, or whatever, you know what I mean? So in that sense, is this kind of like with the rest of, you know, the sports world, it's like, well, prove it to me. Until then, I'm just going to pick the guarantee, you know, the most guaranteed thing, which is the Patriots. So, but I, like you saying, Lee, in my opinion, I do think the Chiefs can take down the Patriots if they're fully healthy, mm-hmm. and that's and, and 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 that's the key word in in, in my opinion. Well, the key few words are fully healthy. So that's my thoughts on uh, Colin Howard or Cal Hart or whatever you say his name. Yeah, yeah. Hey, before I, before I swing it to Cal, I just want to say this, and for him to make that statement before the Patriots even play these teams in the AFC. They have not played Baltimore yet. They have not played the Kansas City Chiefs yet. So for you to make that statement and they have not even squared off against these teams yet, you know, was kind of like, dude, for real. And one of the teams that is pretty good, like I said earlier, should have beat them in the Buffalo Bills. So... I just did not understand that. But that's all I wanted to say. Go ahead, big dog. Yeah, I'm not going to get too much time on this stupid bitch. You know, like I said, I mean, like you said, they haven't played any of the top tier teams in the AFC. Their schedule was light to begin with. They hid in the air ducts when they – well, his son hid in the air ducts when they played the Bills. So, like I said, it's it's whatever. You know, talk your shit. Chiefs Nation, we're going to do what we got to do. Like I said, when it all boils down, 
if we have a healthy Chiefs team, Patriots can't fuck with us. No. So that's my opinion. But moving along to the second, second, uh, the second stupid bitch of the week. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take this one, Ali. Yeah, man. This the second stupid, like like brother was saying, the second stupid bitch of the week in my eyes goes to the National Football League. And you say, why, why are they so silly? These man, they they are just showing that. It's something that they have against OBJ to find him $15,000 in the game um, this past weekend for his pants or knee pads not fully covering his knees. And that to me is just so, that's so petty. I mean, because it's, it's, it's offensive linemen, dude, that that some sometimes you know have their pants up like that you know and I don't know that the extent of it how you know the the um, diameters or whatever the inches how far it was supposed to cover his knee but the fact is man y'all y'all did being Roethlisberger like that because he's on the sideline yeah, I'm focusing. I don't I I guess they're tripping because he has tattoos, you know, on his knee area or whatever, and they said those were visible or whatever, but I just feel like they deserved a spot on this segment because that is just that's silly, man. Like <laughs> and then that kind of money to get man, please. It's Baker Mayfield's pants is short like that. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, the NFL sometimes just trips me out. And I just felt, that's why I felt, you know, I should, you know, let let the fellas know that the NFL deserves a spot on here. Just so many spotty fines and shit that they're handing out. So thus far this year, you know, they they deserve to be the, you know, one of the stupid bitches of the week. Leave that man alone. Like, I can see with the watch or whatever with him wearing the watch on the field, but when you start talking about the length of time that he that his pants showed that they were too short, like man, come on, man, quit being petty. Like seriously, that's why I felt that they deserved a spot on this segment. Beats. Um, I mean this. Well, I know we talked about it before the show, but um, I don't know too much about this as far as, like, I didn't even see, like, a picture of it. So, I don't have much to say on it. The only thing I can say is that the NFL does have their, like, uniform police that, you know, look at players before and then during the game to see if players are uh, out of uniform, whether they be, like, different colored socks, different colored um, um, cliques. Um, anything on their uh, um, wrist, shoulders, I mean, not shoulders, but arms, elbows, whatever. Um, so, I mean, they're just petty like that. It's kind of like a uh, slave mentality, you know, like with schools and like uniforms where all the kids look the same. So, you know, nobody stands out and that sort of, you know, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I mean, it's their business, I guess. So I guess you got to buy by their rules. As far as that go, so that's my only thoughts on it. To be honest with you, 
but they they pick and choose on when because to be honest with you, Patrick Mahomes um, wears a couple bracelets on his wrist, you know, during the game. One that he received from a uh, cancer patient back in a training camp. So, you know, if you're really going to be handing out extensive uh, fines like this, it needs to be to everybody. Because like I said, you're technically not supposed to wear those bracelets in games and stuff like that. So, if you don't do it, be, you know, be equal. You know, don't just single-handedly target this man. I feel like he's just a target due to the watch situation. Okay, since you brought that up, I, that does make sense because I, I guess that would be a violation of, uh, you know, uniform code or whatever. So you you have a point. You have a point. With yeah, that I, get, I get what he's saying on that, but the NFL, I think they got uh, some kind of uh, partnership with St. Jude and cancer and stuff like that. That may be a uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think that's probably why they allowed that to slide. This was just a young lady. Yeah, this was just a young lady that gave him that gave Patrick Mahomes a bracelet. You know, so um, she was just there, and that was her thing was to meet Pat. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it was you know nothing that the NFL knew about. You know, as far as him wearing that bracelet, because like I said, he wears a couple of them. So. Yeah, so I just want to jump in here and just make one statement. So I guess if the uh, bracelet said, like, uh, Black Lives Matter or something, they would probably have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, mm. so I can see. I'm, I'm just, like what you said, Kyle, since you said it has something to do with cancer, you know, they try to act like they, you know, can't really care about hey, but, but you know, But you know what, though? I mean, if we're going to take it there, like, say, for instance, if, if it was something that said Black Lives Matter, if the NFL was to say something about a player wearing something about Black Lives Matter, that's 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 going to be a terrible issue and a, a very bad publicity thing against the NFL as a whole. Remember, they already go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, remember that it was a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago, the Saints player that had the thing that said God is something. They said something about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. And, and with the NFL and this stuff, man, like like you said, it, it is like who they pick and choose to uh, mess with. Mm-hmm. But for for him to wear a bandana that says that, I don't see an issue with that. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. Like I said, uh, the the linebacker with the Saints, it said God first or a man of God or something like that. And he actually won his appeal. So, you know, things like that, like with people, you know, uh, wanting to signify their religion or their belief in God, like leave that alone. You know, um, football is football, but, you know, people have religious beliefs in or Christians and stuff outside of football. So, like I said, I was glad that that man, you know, that player for the Saints won his appeal um, in, in uh, you know, against the NFL. So, you know, that was good. I was going to bring him up. Yeah, and it's just some old tick for tat type stuff with the NFL, just trying to control and have their hands in, any, in everything. But what they need to be doing is facing the issues that we covered on previous podcasts with taking care of their players after the game. You know, there's other things to worry about 
than what you guys are focusing on. Maybe uh, taking getting your referees some officiating classes, and, right. you know, other things to right. to deal with than what a player is wearing. As long as it's something that's not slandering a race or right. anything, you know, some negative, it shouldn't be an issue, you know. But that's the NFL for you. Uh, that's why they. That's why they yeah. landed. That's why they landed a spot on this segment. I agree. I agree. Uh, but let's get to the meat and potatoes of the week. The Chiefs talk. We kind of delved into it at the beginning of the show, talking with the injuries. But this is a big game coming up. We got Pat being out. We got a lot of key players missing on defense and offense. We're looking for the Chiefs to handle business against the Packers. Uh, we got Matt Moore stepping in for Pat, taking the keys. Uh, like I said, uh, Lee, what you got? What are your what is your thoughts and uh, your predictions of the game coming up against the uh, Packers? Yeah, man, um, <clears throat> this is a big game. Um, we know Pat is not. We're not going to have Pat services. We know that. Get that. But um, I'm a touch bases on it once again and finish off where I left with this Kansas City Chiefs team after we talked after their victory against the Denver Broncos. I'll just keep it short and sweet. This is a big game. Um, Frank Clark is going to be out this game. Like I touched on earlier on, you know, that's kind of, you know, sucks a little bit, you know, because he was uh, real in tune you know, with the defensive side of the ball last week, you know, against the Broncos. But, you know, got to step it up. Chris Jones is out. Um, and I feel we're going to get that, um, like I touched on. Um, it was not just uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense lining up and luckily being in places <laughs> to make good tackles. It was the opposite. Um, I'm a, like I said, I'm picking right back up where I left off. Um the Chiefs know that they have to step it up in all phases of this game, defense especially. Um, I, I felt that was a turning of the corner type deal. Spags put this Spag put these guys in positions to thrive. You know, um, it. You know, just having a different schemage and things of that nature. Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers coming in here. I get that threw for six touchdowns the week before. You know, you have the Jones boy, you know, um, at running back. I get they have a good offense. Um, you have the um, two edge rushers that the Packers possess on defense. So, and Tremont Williams, you know, uh, one of their good cornerbacks. So, it's going to be a tough game, but I just feel our defense will, you know, um, there's an extra added mm, to this game. Uh, they don't want to lose a third straight game at home. You know, uh, we're on the two-game losing streak. You know, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I feel that I, I just I just feel that this is a game where you know, uh, without Pat, they showed it. Matt Morris, you know, this, you know, he's going to be under the helm. Uh, you know, Andy Reid is the quarterback whisperer, <laughs> and he's had to in ten days to do some whispering. You know, to Matt Moore. Yeah, Matt Moore just found out he'll be the starter, you know, today, you know. So, but all week he's pretty much no, you know. Last week he knew they was able to implement some stuff in, you know, with Matt. But 
I feel the offense will be simplified enough. I want to see some double tight end sets. Um, I want to see more of Kelsey, you know, because um, Kelsey is going to be the security blanket. Let's just get that out, out there right now. He's going to be the security blanket for Matt Moore. Um, double tight end sets. Blake Bell, Deion Yelder, implement Ian Darren Thompson's, who, you know, D-Train, who the Patriots have, I mean, who the Packers have not seen on tape because you're going to have to utilize the running game. You are. You're going to have to shorten this game up. You don't want Matt Moore to win the game for you or lose the game for you. So that being said, long term, McCoy, Williams and Williams, sprinkle in a little bit of D-Train in there because let's not sleep. McCoy, Shady McCoy is rushing a 5.4 average on attempts this year. That's pretty decent. So, feed, you know, run the ball, do some, you know, sharp passes, you know, you know, don't, don't make your offense too vanilla, but, you know, dumb it down enough for Matt Moore to succeed. And I feel he'll do just that because he did it in the game against the Denver Broncos where Pat went out in the first quarter. So, with a good inspired defensive effort, Good special team play, um, like we touched on. Miko Harmon will provide a spark and things of that nature. So, like I told y'all last week, man, don't call me crazy with or without that. This is going to be the first game where the team play spirited ball, and I feel like I'm, I'm confident Matt Moore will do enough, and the defense will rise up to the occasion enough. It's going to be a tough game. It really is. It's going to be a tough ball game. I'm not overlooking Aaron Rodgers. You know, <laughs> last time the uh, Packers came in here, it was against a Romeo Cornell coach, Kansas City Chiefs football team. And they were undefeated. And their one and only loss that year was to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Romeo Cornell, you know, led team. So, they they remember that. They would have been undefeated that year if they don't lose that game. The year where Javon Belcher, you know, you know, killed himself out there and everything. So they remember that. This is gonna be a tough game, but I'm I'm sticking with sticking with what I said. Don't call me crazy. Chiefs, 28, 24. Let's get this stuff. Beats, what you got on the Chiefs coming up this Sunday? All right, my keys to the game. Like Lee said, the Chiefs are going to have to win this game in all three phases of the game. One, let's cut down on the penalties on uh, special teams and get offense and defense good field position to work up and not work behind, you know, the sticks. And then on both sides of the ball, don't kill yourself either. You know, stay ahead of the change. Uh, on defense, get to a manageable third third and longs to where you can get so you can um, bring in your uh, NASCAR package. Because I did like that look from last week with that NASCAR package with Tano and Ogba inside and then, you know, blitzing um, Raglan and uh, Hitchens. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of that with that zero cover look where you have um, – um, Tyron Matthew, uh, Roman back there moving around, and you leave you guys on the island a little bit. Um, you know, Devontae Adams may, is pretty much doubtful for this game. Um, so I would like to see our receivers get hand. I mean, I would like to see our DBs get uh, handsy with their receivers. 
Um, also, um, on the offensive side, um, Andy Reid's going to have to coach. We're going to have to put together a hell of a game plan and coach pretty much the game of his life. Um, and, you know, like Lee said, you know, uh, keep the route short, um, run the ball, you know, 28 to 30 something times, you know, because you don't want to put the, the ball game into Matt Moore's hand and try to get into a duel with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, you have Sammy Watkins come back, so you'll have your whole full cast except for, you know, your MVP quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to, you know, tr- uh, trickle the ball down the field and, you know, but if you get into the red zone, you gotta you gotta put touchdowns. You can't you can't you cannot um, kick field goals. You gotta score touchdowns. You gotta find a way to get in the end zone. Um, and like I mean, like I said, um, give Shady McCoy the ball. Give um, Damian Williams the ball. Give um, Daryl Williams the ball. And then I would like to see. Um, Darwin Thompson get a couple carries here and there too, like you said, Lee. You know they haven't seen him. Um, uh, with that being said, I'm going to go with discount double check with uh, 35 to 20 Green Bay Packers. I'm wrong, but if I'm a betting man, I'm betting on the Packers. Yeah, and I understand that, man. I mean, like you said, with everything going on with the team, I mean, it's understandable, you know. But uh, like I said, I would like to see the Chiefs, you know, get the victory. We're at home. There's no way in hell that we need to lose three straight at home. Uh, I would like to see the Chiefs. I would like to see game management from Matt Moore. We already know he's not going to be slinging it all, all over the yard. I want him to manage the game and take his shots when available to him. Uh, I do want to see some run. Uh, I want to see the rushing uh, attempts be uh, more aggressive this week. I don't want them to go stagnant like they've been doing. Uh, with Darren Tom- uh, Thompson, Thompson uh, he hasn't been on the field at all this year. And, like, with, with Pat being gone and uh, releasing of uh, Anthony, I would like to see him be implemented a little bit more within this Chiefs offense because we drafted him. He's a speedster. He needs to be utilized. I mean, I don't understand why he hasn't been utilized at this point. Uh, defense, like you said, uh, Ogba and those boys, we do need the NASCAR effect coming from them. Uh, secondary is going to do their job. Secondary has been not very consistent. So it's just it's just all and just if the Chiefs takes their chances when needed and they don't shoot yourself in, in the foot on penalties. And on my end, you know, uh, it's kind of hard that Pat's not playing, but I'd rather him rest for the, uh, you know, until we get to the, the real parts of the season when he's needed. But uh, I'm taking the Chiefs uh, on this, and I can't go with the Packers. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Lou. Yeah, I was just going, uh, you know, uh, I was just thinking about this, man. You know, um, when Pat went out, I told, I had told a couple of people, you know, uh, me and me and Will, who we had on as a guest a couple shows back, were talking about this, and I was just telling him, you know, Matt Moore showed me, and Andy Reid showed me 
as well. And this offense does not have to be spectacular. It just has to be efficient. Get a couple first downs. Keep the keep the game within itself. Play good defense, like Cal, like 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 uh, Cal touched on. This secondary has been doing their parts. Beach, you made a good, you made a good statement when you said use Honey Badger, force him to kind of roam, give the Packers a different look. But this is a game where you want you have the perfect coach. Okay, let's just get that out right now. This is a game where you want Andy Reid to be your coach. Andy Reid is, you know, he has to be big with swing swing plays to the running backs out the backfield, design run plays where you got a guard pulling to the strong side, draw plays, screens, you know, drag routes with your cornerback, I mean, with your, with your wide receivers, you know, run some drags and out routes, double moves, so... Like I said, man, this is a game that um, that you 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 blessed to have Andy Reid, you know, just to implement some type of offense to stay efficient enough to you know succeed. Uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I just feel like that that was a turning. Yes, <laughs> I get that. We're not going to see nine sacks a game. We know that. But this this defense, you know, with those nine sacks, um, they're statistically, you know, our defense is not that bad. You know, um, I felt that was a turn another corner against the Broncos. It showed that they could give another look and another scheme and be successful and efficient. So I just feel real good about this ball game, man. But this is a good game to have Andy Reid as your head coach. I just want to piggyback off of Lee real quick uh, with uh, Andy Reid and his success with um, backup quarterbacks. You have A.J. Feely, Kevin Cobb, um, Chase Daniels, um, um, Nick Foles that won yeah. game in the end. Um, the, um, the last year uh, Alex Smith was here, you had Pat that game against Denver. So, like I said, I'm hoping wrong. So, I just wanted to throw that in there real quick, just to give Andy Reid his props on uh, coaching and having a good game plan with uh, backup quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. You know, like I said, everybody's doubting Matt Moore. And uh, like I said, he has never had the weapons that the Kansas City Chiefs has on offense. So I expect you guys to see uh, with him having a full week of practice, knowing he's going to start, uh, knowing what he needs to do to get the get the job done, I think I think this is going to be actually a uh, a, a game changing and life changing event for Matt Moore. It's actually building the stock for the quarterback of Matt Moore if he wants to continue playing after this season. So I think this is a uh, a showcase of what Matt Moore can do when you have talent around him. So I, I mean I'm, I just can't count I can't count the cheese out with the offensive firepower that they have around them. It's just all in there with our defense being even more hobbled than what they are with Frank Clark being down. Yeah. Not to say that I expect them to have the same productivity like they did against the Broncos, but I need them to be productive to kind of put uh, keep uh, AR at bay. Yeah, this is like, – like you were saying, Cal, this is going to be a uh, – this is going to be a game 
where I see this being a type of game where do not be surprised if the Chiefs are up a touchdown in the fourth quarter, whether we put up enough points as far as field goals, couple touchdowns, whatever. I feel like this is going to be a game where Green Bay is going to have to score a touchdown or something like that to tie the game or to win the game. You know, I just feel that. I feel like this is going to be a game where the offense is going to be like, you know, like, wow, you know, we really in this thing. And, you know, defense is just going to have to step up. It's going to be tough, and there's going to be rough patches along. I'm not saying everything is going to be squeaky clean with Pat Moore coming in at the helm. Yes, I would rather have Pat. There's going to be some bumps in the road. We get that, but – I feel that, once again, I feel we will be victorious at Arrowhead Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm expecting, man. You know, so uh, is there anything else you guys feel we need to cover on the Chiefs or anything we may have missed? Nah, nah, I, I pretty much said it. I said it. I expect the W, and I expect us to get our first home win game. Like I said, it's well needed. Uh, but also, we want to kind of move it along and kind of talk about the World Series. The World Series has kicked off. Uh, and Lee, go ahead. Could you kind of delve into it about uh, the World Series at the beginning of the pods? Uh, want- but, yeah, man, like you were saying about the World Series, yeah, this is uh, a lot of people is um, – Pretty much, like I said, you got the uh, Houston Astros squaring off against the Washington Nationals, who (laughs) surprisingly, in a lot of eyes, have a two games to zero lead over the Houston Astros. Um, Game three is taking place now, I believe. You know, it's just kind of a shocker, you know, um, um, with all the dynamic pitching that the Houston Astros possess and good hitting. You know, they kind of remind me of the Royals that year when we took it and everything, you know, all the good pitching and, you know, all the, you know, um, monsters in the bullpen and real good speed and quality hitting. So it's kind of shocking that the Nationals are up two games to nothing. But like you said, and, uh, <clears throat> It's kind of like the NFL, man, with the with the uh, World Series, you know, any given any given night. <laughs> so, but you have the uh, Royals na- native, the young gun, uh, Zach Greinke. He'll be on the mound for Game Three tonight. So, the Astros are going to look to try to get back on track in the World Series, you know, to try to you know make it two one. But at this point, I see the Nationals with momentum. I think the Nationals are going to be champions who were formerly known as the Montreal Expos. Dropping knowledge on us on that one. I didn't even know that. But yeah, uh, I would have liked to see the Astros pull it out myself. Uh, I haven't really got a chance to uh, sit down and even pay attention to the World Series, but it is crunch time. And uh, like I said, I would like to actually see Astros come back and pull it out, but we yeah, will they, see. They are the favorites. I mean, a, a lot of people thought, like, with their dynamic pitching and hitting, like, when they took out the Yankees, and a lot of people thought, oh, this is a free selling for the Astros, but it's it's been the total opposite. We shall see. 
You got anything on uh, the World Series beats? Um, I would like to just say that the Nationals do have pitching as well. They have, uh, I believe they have uh, Steven Strasburg and Matt Strait. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know how to say his last name, but you know what Strager, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah they, have him, they have those two guys. And, you know, baseball is all about pitching. Any Pitching is better than any good good hitting. But like mm-hmm. I was saying, I would like to see the uh, – the Astros go ahead and pull it out for there for a little while. When my uh, cousin used to play for them, I was a fan of theirs. And so I would like to see them get a, you know, a back-to-back World Series. Um, but if not, you know, if the, uh, the Nationals win, this like Lee was saying, they used to be the Expos. And with them being the Nationals, this would be their first time. Uh, this would be their first uh, World Series uh Victory. So this would be that would be making history if they uh, go ahead and pull it on out. So if if the Houston Astros are going to make a significant comeback in this World Series, it has to start in Game Three tonight with Zach Grinky on the mound, and they they if if they lose tonight, it's really going to be the. <laughs> the Nationals hosting up that trophy. But, you know, this is, I feel, the Astros' last opportunity um, with Granke coming in. And if he can be nails and get a game three victory, then we shall see. But I just think they dug themselves a hole letting the um, Nationals go up two games to none. Yeah, we just had to see what happens in the World Series. Uh, like I said, it's it's kind of like it flew by, you know. Uh, so, but hopefully, uh, Astros can uh, make it a series and get that W tonight. Uh, but with that being said, this is another episode of Sports Talk KC. I'm one of your hosts, is uh, Cowboy. If you're checking for me, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook as Calvia. DB, if they're checking for you, big dog, where can they find you? If they're checking for me, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook at dbeats1492. Where can they find you at, Lee? Yeah, Lee86. You can find me on the social media outlet, Facebook at Radham Jones. Uh, Yeah, like I always say, man, you know, thank, you know, uh, thank everyone and everything tuning in listening Uh, myself and the fellas really appreciate that once again and uh, would be bringing it to you live and direct you know all day every day so on that note that's what what we do baby we're gonna keep bringing this heat to you dropping it every week we'll be back what is that Monday with a recap of the Chiefs and uh, anything else that's going on in sports world like Lee said, uh, thanks for everybody that's reaching out and uh, checking out the pod. We really appreciate it. We do this for y'all. Until uh, next time, shit, uh, we out. Holla. Let's get this dub, Chase. Discount double check. There, there you go. Let's end it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys Monday. Chiefs. <laughs>